Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Before we get into our topic today, I just want to share a little bit about myself and to start things off, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever forgiven someone, but it was so hard to find peace with it? What I mean by that is, have you ever struggled to get to a place of forgiveness with someone, maybe somebody you didn't want to forgive, somebody who hurt you significantly? And I ask that because I have. To make a very long story short, the Lord allowed a woman in my life who actually became my stepmom, who raised me from the time I was in third grade until senior year of high school. And she was able to lie and deceive so many, including our own household. And through her lies and deception, in her diligence in those things, she was able to pit me against my father and my father against me. It eventually led to me moving out at a very young age, uh, living by myself. I had to work through college and sustain myself. And, uh, you know, that, that all sounds very normal, but it happened for me in a blink of an eye where I was pushed out into the world, suddenly cut off from family, The relationship with my dad stopped for a period of seven years. At probably the three-year mark or so, I was able to really understand her deception. And when I tried to explain it to my family, the worst part of this experience and hurt was that nobody believed me. And it made me so angry with this woman because I knew exactly what she was doing and I couldn't do anything about it. And eventually, I did go home seven years later. It was under unfortunate circumstances. Uh, I reconnected with my dad as he was going through a divorce with this woman. It was so hard because I not only did this woman hurt me. I saw how she hurt others in my life and I struggled so hard with this. And the best way I can describe it is it was as if a weight was on me. Like I was chained down. I had this burden, this sorrow of I'm not good enough. What if you don't believe me? I couldn't trust anybody. I was incredibly sad and it was up to me to say, Lord, please accelerate this emotional healing. Please help me through this. I need to lay this aside. I can no longer continue to let this weigh me down and affect these new relationships that I'm trying to build. Everything. I wanted to be done with it. I wanted to be totally separate from what I was feeling. I didn't want to be uh, even angry anymore. And though this woman has never asked forgiveness from me uh, or my dad or anybody that I am aware of, it's okay. We aren't accountable for her. We are accountable for ourselves. And though forgiveness was not asked, I still had to take this action of laying how I was feeling aside. I could no longer live day to day with this in my heart 
So I want to give the Lord all the glory, honor, and praise because today with confidence, I can tell you I likely will not be having lunch with this person. However, if I was driving on the road and I saw that she was on the side of the road and needed help, I know without a doubt that I would help her. And that's how I know that the Lord has intervened and he has truly taken this situation. So I just want to thank Jesus for how much you love me and for guiding me through that situation and for allowing me to come out on the other end. Amen. And that is a perfect segue into our topic today, which is forgiveness. So what is forgiveness? So if you don't already have a Strong's Concordance, please get one. It is so beneficial to be able to look up words as they appear in their original language. So for those of you who don't know, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, while the New Testament is written in Greek. So there are many, many times where words appear in the Bible as they've been translated to English. However, whenever you research the original meaning, It comes up different than what you thought, and this is extremely important for when we are absorbing the Word of God. We want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence to understand the true meaning of the Word rather than making assumptions, right? We don't want to make assumptions about the Word of God. We want to be sure. So when we look up forgiveness in the Strong's Concordance, it means deliverance, liberty, and then it takes you to the more original word, which is lay aside or leave it alone. So you may have heard me in my testimony say, lay it aside. You know, I I separated myself from it. I picked it up. I put it here and I walked away. I laid it aside. Amen. I want to read Matthew chapter 18. And this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. And it says, starting in verse 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So a king's servant was brought to him who owed him so much money. Verse 25, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. 
So with what we just read, we are reminded of the debt that Jesus Christ paid for you and me on the cross, where he was delivered up to Calvary, tortured for yours and my sake, so that we would have a way to salvation, to spend eternity in heaven. Amen. The reason why we are reminded of that is because it's very clear. This servant owed his master so much money. And because the servant asked, please have patience with me, I will pay you everything, he forgave him. But instead of that servant living in the newness of life, right? Living a life, you know, if you're forgiven that much, you want nothing more than to honor your master at that point. He's loved you so much. He's released you of this debt. So you want to be the best servant for him, right? Instead, this servant who had been forgiven for this tremendous debt went to somebody who owed him money. He threatened him and demanded that he be paid. And when news got back to the master, the master delivered him to torturers. And it says here in verse 35, So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now, it could be your brother or sister, right? The Bible is inclusive of both genders. But it says here, So my heavenly father also will do to you. Do what? Deliver you to torturers. Where are torturers? That is a reference to hell. God is telling us if we cannot forgive our brother or our sister, our offender from our heart, we cannot be his. We cannot make it into heaven. We must forgive. It's not an option here. We must forgive. God's very clear here. Is there a limit to forgiveness? So in verse 21, I'll read it again. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So Jesus responds to Peter and says, no, not seven, but 70 times seven. So much more, right? He took it from seven to 490. So is there a limit to forgiveness? Yes, Jesus provided a limit, right? 490 is a limit. Now it's a much greater limit, right? It's going to require more forgiveness from us, but there even comes a day where it will be too late to forgive one another. So if we were holding on to grudges or we are refusing to forgive, even though we know it's the right thing to do, we sin. We sin because Jesus says if we cannot forgive our brother from our hearts, he will deliver us to the torturers. Jesus said that. I didn't say that. It's in the Bible. He said that, so we must be very careful and guard our hearts and protect ourselves because Jesus is very clear. We must continue to forgive. Now, I'm not saying to grab a marker and keep a tally up to 490 and then call it quits after that, but keep forgiving, keep leaning on God, keep making the right choice to lay it aside, right? So why is forgiveness necessary? Unless we receive forgiveness from the Father, we will not be saved. We must ask for forgiveness and repent for our sins, right? So likewise, as Jesus is teaching us to forgive one another, we must also ask Jesus to forgive us. We are born into sin. We are not born perfect. There is not one person that is born good. The only person that's ever been born good on this earth has been Jesus Christ because he was 100% God and 100% man. But the rest of us, we must ask for forgiveness. It is 
necessary to receive salvation. We must lay it aside, lay our sins aside and live a life that is truly pleasing to God. So not only must we forgive one another, but we must also be forgiven from Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read Matthew chapter 9, and this focuses on Matthew the tax collector. And starting in chapter 9, verse 9, it reads, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Why was Matthew at the tax office? Because he was a tax collector. A tax collector was a very sinful job. Yet Jesus said, follow me. And what did Matthew do? He immediately arose and followed Jesus Christ. In verse 10, now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 12, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So this is a good example of Jesus's wit. He was very witty. He was very sarcastic. And when the Pharisees questioned him, Jesus responded back in almost a riddle, right? To really stump them, to make them think because Jesus didn't appreciate the comment. Jesus said, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus does not desire that anybody goes to hell. He truly wants all of our souls with him. And he wants to pour his grace and his mercy on us, right? He doesn't want us to get to that point of it's too late. And Jesus says, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus here is supporting why he was sitting with the sinners because he is after their souls. He is going to spend time with them. So just as easily as he walked up to Matthew and said, follow me. And Matthew did. How much more? If he submerges himself and gets to know these people and has dinner with them, right? That's a very intimate time having dinner. There's conversation. You're spending time. You're getting to know one another, right? So Jesus is very smart and he knows exactly what he is doing. How do we ask for forgiveness? Let's read in 1 John chapter 1. I'll start in verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from sin. Verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So what is Jesus saying here? If we confess our sins, how do we confess our sins? With our mouth, right out of our heart, we confess them to Jesus Christ. He is faithful. Who is faithful? Jesus is faithful. 
and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some unrighteousness? No, all of it. Jesus has the power and authority to cleanse us and forgive us from all of it. But if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Why? Why do we make him a liar if we say we have not sinned? Well, if we say that we have not sinned, we make Jesus a liar because we're telling him, you did everything for no reason. There was no need for you to die for us because I haven't sinned. And that's not okay, right? So we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Again, points us back to we are all sinners. We all must ask for forgiveness. How do we do that? We confess our sins to Jesus Christ because he is worthy and faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. You know, it's really important that as we are meditating upon these verses that we are hearing, that we also make a note that it must be sincere in our hearts, right? Because attitude whenever we come to ask for forgiveness is so important, right? Because we can ask for forgiveness like, hey, can you please forgive me? But inside we really, you know, we're still angry about it. We just want to get this over with. We're embarrassed to have to humble ourselves. And that's not okay because Jesus is the seer of our hearts. So it's very important that we are truly sincere out of our hearts and we do the work to get to that point. It's up to us. It's up to us. Satan isn't the one that's giving us uh, the, the deception in our hearts. It's us. It even says here, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Does that say Satan deceives us? No. We can deceive ourselves. We are living in the days of deception. There is so much deception in this world and the main source is us deceiving ourselves. We definitely don't want to look in the mirror every day and see someone who is not our authentic self, right? We want to be very much aware of our shortcomings so that we can work at them and overcome them, right? We do not want to deceive ourselves. So again, it's very important that you and I come to terms with the fact that yes, we are sinners. Yes, there is a way out. Yes, I can lay it aside. Yes, it is my choice. And yes, Jesus is available for me so that I can confess these sins and truly lay it aside and live a righteous life for Jesus Christ. Amen. So how do we forgive someone? If someone comes to us and says, Madison, I am so sorry for doing all of those mean things to you. Madison, I'm so sorry that I cut you off in traffic. Please forgive me. How am I to respond? I forgive them from my heart. There is a condition check for my heart too. I need to look inward and ensure that I truly can lay it aside. And in Mark 11.25, it says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. This is just further supporting what we read earlier about the unforgiving servant. Jesus says, If you cannot forgive, then I will not forgive you. It's very, very clear here. It's not an option. We must forgive. And it's important that we are acknowledging this because it, it says here, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Why? Why when we're praying? When we're talking to God, we want to be most pleasing to him. And if we have this sin in us, this, this grudge that we're holding on to, right? 
this lack of forgiveness, we're not pleasing to God. Our prayers are not going to be as effective as they should be. So we must forgive those who ask for forgiveness, right? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent. Not to be too severe. The punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. So what does this mean? We are better off forgiving and comforting the person who is asking forgiveness for the person that has caused grief because we will hold on to whatever the issue is and it will swallow us. It will eat us up and that is exactly what the devil wants. He wants us to be so chained down and weighed down from this anger and these emotions that we can't possibly move forward in Christ. He wants us to trick ourselves by us saying things like, you know what, Jesus sees this situation and he understands that I'm so angry and I can't possibly forgive for what he did. But that's not true. That is not true. Jesus clearly warns of this. Do not deceive yourself and you ought to forgive and comfort the person, the offender, or else you're going to be swallowed up by all of this sorrow. So relieve the offender and relieve yourself. Both of you receive freedom, right? It's a win-win and that's what Jesus is teaching us. In 2 Corinthians, what I was just reading was written by Paul. So Paul wrote a lot of the Bible and I'll start in 2 Corinthians 2. I'll start from the beginning. It says, But I determined this within myself, that I would not come against you in sorrow. For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad, but the one who is made sorrowful by me? Forgive the offender. Verse 3. And I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you, all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. But if anyone has caused grief, yet he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe." The punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him, for to this end I also wrote that I might put you to test whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive, for if... Indeed, I have forgiven anything. I have not forgiven the one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So there it is. Further supporting, this is what Satan wants. He doesn't want you to forgive. You ought to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Paul was a really good writer, and he loved the people so much just as Christ loved the people, and he wanted the people to be obedient in all things. Paul was wanting to lead souls to Jesus Christ. He was truly leading people to Jesus. So how can we forgive if our brother does not ask for forgiveness? So this is like my example that I said in the very beginning. This woman has not asked for my forgiveness, but am I to just walk around feeling angry and sorrowful? No, we cannot. We must protect our hearts. We must lay it aside, right? It's impossible to forgive somebody 
right? We can't say, I forgive you if you're not asking for forgiveness. Can you imagine if we were to just walk up to people and say that? It it comes off the wrong way. It's it's almost It would almost come off rude or condescending, and that's not how we want to be as people of God. It's better for us in those cases to keep our mouth shut, but instead just to look inward at our hearts and protect our hearts and to cleanse our hearts and to ask Jesus to help us through those feelings that we're feeling because we must lay it aside. How do we know Jesus is the one who can forgive us? He says so. If we believe the Father has sent him, Jesus, to die for us and our sins, we must believe that he has the authority to forgive them. He overcame the grave. He is the Son of God. He has the power and authority to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. He is truly the only way. In Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 27, it reads, Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he, Jesus, was talking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? What things? The miracles and the preaching, right? Speaking so confidently and boldly, people have never seen it. They ask, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? But Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they responded amongst themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So again, Jesus is so witty. And he knew the answer. And he can also, you know, Jesus is all-knowing. So he can see your heart. He can hear all things. He knows what you're thinking. They work through their problem, right? Oh, if we say this, then he'll say this. If we say this, then he'll say this. So it's best that we just say we don't know so we don't look bad. There was such pride in the people. So Jesus responded fairly and said, okay, if you don't know, then I don't know. Knowing very well that they did know. They did know where the authority came from. But again, this passage here is just confirming that Jesus does have the authority to forgive us by the authority given to him from God the Father, we can be forgiven. Today, Jesus is available for you and me. We just need to come before him, ask him to forgive us, repent from our sins, and live a life for him. When the Lord has died for our sins because he loves you and me so much, how could we not want to give our life to serve him just as the servant who was forgiven so much money How is it even possible to not give your whole entire life back to your master, right? The same attitude for Jesus. We don't want to be unpleasing to him. So if someone hurt you, forgive them. Your enemy at work who stole your ideas, their own, forgive them. Lay it aside. The friend who gossips about you when you're not around, forgive them. Lay it aside. Do not let it weigh you down and affect you on your journey with Christ. We have to forgive the family member who constantly makes you feel like you do nothing right. Forgive them. The person who cut you off on the highway, forgive them. Forgive all just as God forgave all. 
In closing, I want to encourage you to forgive and walk in wisdom. Forgive does not mean we condone. Be smart, people of God. If your friend continues to gossip even after apologizing, forgive them, but distance yourself from them. Distance yourself from the ones who do not take you seriously. It's possible to be nice and say less, right? I'm not telling you to be mean or rude to those people, but forgive them, but be smart, be wise. You can love everyone. In fact, God says we must love everyone, even our enemies. So lay whatever it is aside. Do not hold on to those grudges. Do not hold on to these things that make our hearts evil, but continue to spread the gospel. What good are we if we are weighed down with all of this sorrow? So I question you today. Do you have things that you still need to lay aside? You must do it today. It wasn't me who said it. It was Jesus. And this is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.